Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns, one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and with me today is a new face, not really a new face, an old, old, old voice, actually. <laughs> an old, old face, old awesome. voice. Thanks, I don't know. Sorry, Brad. Uh, <laughs> pastor Brad Clink, who uh, preached on Sunday, continuing in our How to Share Your Faith series. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Oh, we're thrilled to have this conversation. Uh, and and while we haven't had you doing the podcast in a while, you've actually been a big part of shaping this series and mm. helping us think through this stuff. I know personally it's a big passion of yours, but also yeah. you're you're helping us think through what does it mean to embody Jesus everywhere. And a big part of that is sharing your faith. Mm. So do you want to give us a little recap from Sunday, what you talked about? Just give us a refresher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, even I'll refresh kind of the whole series. Like we've talked about obstacles and why we don't share our faith and, and why that's hard for some of us. And we've talked about the different metaphors that the Bible uses to uh, expand on the good news, whether it's uh, family or legal or medical or uh, language. And, um, and now we kind of get, and last week we talked a little bit about the importance of prayer and relying on the Holy Spirit and, and to me, though, the place where this stands in the series is, okay, now if we have this idea of what the good news is and we have, you know, a six-word story and we have this and that, but we don't have people to share it with, we don't have authentic relationships, it's, it's what do we do with it? Yeah. There's a tension there. And uh, so the, the message on Sunday was uh, really about focusing on, um, hey, Jesus was continually expanding his uh, circles of influence, his circles of relationship. You know, he included sinners, he included Gentiles, he included, um, uh, you know, uh, people who were much different, people who believed different things. He just kept expanding uh, his circles and welcoming people in and the and um, and the challenge for us to do that and to uh, include more people in our circles and mm -hmm. our spheres. And then not just to, so we can say, hey, we've got a good network of relationships, but then we can look at those circles or those people we have relationship with and we can say, you know, where is there a need? Where is there an opportunity to introduce them uh, to Jesus? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. That, yeah, it was a thrust. And then we ended with a very practical exercise in our journals. Yeah. 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 Some, some thinking about who are the people in our circles already? Who do we already interact with? Um, and then how do we, maybe we've been talking about these six word stories. You shared yours on Sunday. How do we actually like get there? Uh, how yeah, do we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to somebody after church on Sunday, uh, stick around Sunday. And, uh, he was like, well, how do you use your six word story to actually like, like connect with people? And mm. I, I said, I gave an example of mine. I said, if I hear somebody who says the word legacy or they're thinking about what their legacy is to their, to their, uh, you know, kids or grandkids. I'm I'm telling the story of my grandparents. I'm telling the story of 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 uh, blessing I've seen because of their life and right. and the importance of legacy. Somebody talks about risk. I'm 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 telling. You know, so there's certain different touch points. Yeah, they're almost words. trigger words yeah, that kind yeah. of like, oh, this is an invitation into like helping people see God in my story. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. For sure. Oh, I love that. That's a great. Great way to do things. Um, what did you What did you leave out on Sunday? I know when you prep a sermon, any of us who prep sermons, um, there's always that kind of you get to the end and you're like, oh, this is a, this is a great two hour sermon. So we're gonna cut this and this and this and this. <laughs> yeah. Great, great thoughts that kind of leave on the cutting room floor. Are there things that you uh, that you'd want to kind of tack on, or or maybe tangents that you were like, this is good, but maybe not the core. Maybe maybe things yeah. that might be helpful as as people wrestle through these ideas. Yeah. Well, actually, cut some things even even uh, Sunday morning before nice. uh, the service because uh, it was just just too long and 
Uh, yeah, I, I, so I had a section that I cut where I was say I was looking at biblical examples of of why people introduced their friends or those around mm. them to Jesus. Right there's yeah. there's a subset of people who in, who did that because of need. Right, the people who would take their friends who needed healing, the 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 four guys who carry their paralyzed friend on a mat and lower him down in front of Jesus because there's a, a physical need. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's those it's those needs we see with our eyes that say, oh, you know, I, I need to introduce my friend to Jesus. And then there's other times where it's an opportunity. There's some unique skill or, or um, uh, resource that's available. Thinking about the the little little guy and the little boy in the crowd with five loaves and two fishes, right. who you know, he come see Jesus and and he gets to see Jesus, you know, multiply his food and feed five thousand people, right? And so sometimes I'm thinking they, they there was things they could see that said now's the opportunity to introduce somebody to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there's other examples where. I think of the disciple Matthew, who like he's when Jesus calls him, uh, not too long after Jesus calls him, he invites all his tax collector friends over to meet all of to meet Jesus and his disciple friends, and he mixes them all in a room, right. just because he's so passionate about this Jesus he's met that it just flows out of him, you know. And then there's other times where it's a distinct prompting, um, where where you see Philip meets this Ethiopian leader, or you see mm-hmm. the example of Cornelius where it's direct, you know, the spirit is working and leading and saying, now's the time, now's the place, now's the opportunity to share your story or the good news of Jesus. So, you know, uh, I cut that sort of section out talking a little yeah. bit about that. It was, perhaps there's another message there at some point. Oh, sure. There's always another message somewhere. <laughs> yeah. um, I, so I'm, I'm curious, I mean, you, the, we, we started with these kind of like, man, Jesus leaned into all of these um, I'm going to say difficult relationships, kind of these countercultural, um, yeah. these things that, that maybe don't come naturally. We, we tend to gravitate towards people we like, um, well, maybe I'm generalizing. I yeah. tend to gravitate towards people I like. Yeah. Uh, and we're in this unique cultural time where, um, because of technology, I can be in touch with thousands of people. I mean, how many Facebook friends do I have that I don't actually communicate with? Far too many. But, uh, you know, I've lived in different places. Uh, yeah. One of the challenges I have is I feel like I'm constantly butting up against my relational capacity. Yeah. Um, what do we do with that? Like, how do you, when yeah, if I yeah. want to expand my circles, do I need to like start cutting? You didn't make the cut. You didn't make the cut. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, how, how do you wrestle through that, Brad? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, I actually had this conversation with somebody else after church on, on Sunday. And, you know, I, I said briefly, like when you're asking yourself the question, do I need to add to my circles or expand my circles? The answer there might be no. Hmm. It might be that I have a incredibly broad relational network. And, and uh, um, I think you know, if we're going for breadth of relational network versus relational network where we're being intentional to to have our eyes open to how the Spirit might be prompting us to introduce people to Jesus, like yeah. a smaller network with some intentionality is probably better than a, a broad network just because they're Facebook friends or I play in lots of right. sports teams or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and I would say, I mean, I know you're not a big social media guy, and and I probably not as much as some people, but I do more social media than yeah, you for but, sure. But when it comes to this kind of stuff incarnate beats digital every time, right? Like, like I think social media and I think the internet and emails and, and zoom calls give us a really great, um, they give it, they give us a, the impression of great relationship uh, and the impression of knowing people, uh, when we read their posts, when we see things about them, when we see the pictures they posted. Yeah. But I think that relationship and conversation and the six word stories and sharing about Jesus actually doesn't happen best in those venues. It can, God can use yeah. it. Absolutely fantastic. But I think, kind of where you led us to was this like who who are you beside 
right? Who's in your life? So, so talk to me a little bit about that. What, um, you gave some examples, but like, do do you have other examples from, from your life of, of those relationships, um, that, that God has like been like, Hey, Brad, you, maybe you forgot about this person that you, you spend a lot of time with. What does it look like to share with them? Do you have any practical examples? Well, just springboarding off the digital thing for a second, like mm. I, even when we're writing down the names in the circles, I yeah. thought, you know, if you only know their username, they're probably not, <laughs> mm. you know, you probably, uh, you know, mm. wouldn't count them in my circles or whatever until I, you know, actually know I, their name. And uh, to be fair, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't do digital gaming, but I know yeah. like if you're spending two hours a day with someone online and talking to them for two hours yeah. a day, even if all you know is their username, maybe there is opportunity there yeah, for a relationship. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And that's a different world that I'm, you know, not, not, don't even claim to know well but uh you know certainly I, when i've done this exercise myself in the past it's been helpful for me to see um where i have gaps and where yeah. i have opportunities so yeah. i've noticed um my gaps um at one point I, w- I was fairly um much like my same ethnicity were in all my groups and right. i think that's improved over the years mm-hmm. be- part in part because i was aware of my uh, where where i needed to to broaden mm-hmm. um and now i'd say you know it's not it's it's pretty well represented with different ethnicities, but I'm still, uh, don't have a lot of people who are at a different socioeconomic, um, status than I, I still primarily, my relationships are with professional people. And so I'm, I'm looking for opportunities and, and aware of opportunities and areas in my spheres where I am more likely to bump into people who Mm. are, who are different like that than me. Right. And and seeing that as a positive thing, a positive opportunity for me. And so in my past, like I've I've so I joined a baseball team once solely because mm-hmm. I and and I joined a softball team specifically, even though I've played um, baseball as well. But I joined it because I wanted be, to go out after <laughs> with the group of guys from the baseball team and get to know them. Right. You know, and somebody came up to me on Sunday and said, like, you know, I was I was um, encouraged or convicted by the message because. I haven't been able to get to know my my uh, office peers because they just go out after work and have drinks and I I choose not to drink and I said well like why do you go out for them and have a coke yeah <laughs> or, offer to be or the whatever. designated driver yeah, yeah. you'll be their best it's, friend you know right? it's a great <laughs> opportunity to get to know people that yeah. in, you know and and you know be different that's fine but uh, yeah. but be intentional and investing in those relationships. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of creativity here, right? There's a lot of options and a lot of ways to connect with people, to connect in your neighborhoods. I mean, ours, we've had some, some, uh, personally in our lives, we've had some really fun connections lately, like, a, a neighbor, um, older couple who's an Orthodox Jewish couple. Uh, and Rachel got talking to them about, um, Haman cookies, which are Jewish cookies that, that celebrate, uh, you know, one of the, one of the stories in the Bible that we knew and like they loved that we knew it. And, and you know, fast forward a year or two, cause sometimes it takes a year or two, especially coming out of the pandemic. Well, we've probably connected with them more than anyone else and they don't have family around. I was, I fixed one of their chairs the other day. We helped them move some stuff. We're picking up groceries for them all the time, but you never know kind of what, what will, what will build. Yeah. Um, how, how, let, let me ask a question then about pace because relationships are funny things, right? They're, um, we don't want to like, Hey, I'm Dave. Can I tell you my six word story? Let me tell you about <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Right? Like, I, you know, sure. There are times that God uses that, but you can kind of get awkward and pushy, but you can also be like, well, I'm playing the long game. And 20 years later, you still don't know the name of their kids yeah, and yeah. they don't know you're a follower of Jesus. So how do you, 
personally, Brad, how do you manage pace in relationship? How do yeah, you? That's a good question. I mean, uh, I was talking to somebody on Sunday again, and uh, you know, he was saying to me, I, "I have, you know, I'm excited to share my faith. I think I have a good story. I think I'm equipped to do that, mm-hmm. and I have an incredible network of relationships. I don't think anymore. I got lots of people I have influence with. Yeah. How do I go from talking about the weather and sports, mm. uh, you know, to Jesus or my right. faith story, right? And and uh, and and it was a, it was a question about pace, right? It right. was like how to go from there to there, and and I encouraged him to. To, to not see the leap from one all the way to the other, but to see lots of steps in between, right? Yeah. So when I get together with my guys that get together monthly and uh, for breakfast, you know, we started talking about sports and the weather, but now we're going deeper and talking about um, our families, our kids' struggles with with health and coming through a pandemic and our marriages mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And I think, I think pace-wise, you know, getting getting deeper and going with questions uh, and, and coming with an authentic uh, spirit of humility and learning and curiosity and wanting to actually get to know the, you know, the people in your circles and your spheres. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, once you can talk about the real deeper things in life, then um, it makes it more natural or more likely that the opportunity will present itself to, you hear one of those six words from your story and go, right. oh, I, I feel like I can share that now because we've gone beyond sports and the weather and I, yeah. I know what, how your marriage is doing, how your kids are doing and, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, and to pull it back to last week, right? Like, are we, are we waking up in the morning and saying, hey, God, I would really love an opportunity to share my faith with this friend who I know I'm doing coffee with today or this person I'm going to do lunch with or this, you know, like yeah. I'm going to trust that you will open those, those doors. Um, yeah, I think that's another just like for us to, prompt ourselves and prepare ourselves for what God might do uh, is really important. And, and I want to make one, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a distinction or a, a clarification. I, I, one of the critiques of evangelism, and one of the people why, one of the reasons why some people have a bad taste for evangelism in their mouth is they feel like it treats people like projects, mm. right? Like the only reason I talk to this person is because I need to convert them to, to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, and I, I think it's worth saying that, that, First of all, we love people because God loves them yeah. and that they're people. And I think, you know, there will be times where we, um, where, where we won't get any traction and where God still calls us to be faithful in that relationship and to love those people where they're at. Um, because I think we saw Jesus. I mean, look at Judas for goodness yeah, sake, right? Yeah. Like yeah. one of Jesus's best friends was a guy that he knew was stealing from him and would ultimately betray him. Like talk about people not as projects but as people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think we also uh, the the push of this series isn't isn't to treat people like projects, but to remember, actually, this is the most compassionate thing we can do if we actually believe in the good news of Jesus. We need to be sharing it yeah, because yeah. it's good news. If I'm authentically out there getting to know people, want being curious about their stories, getting, you know, asking deeper questions and, you know, going deeper in relationship as uh, the opportunity presents itself, then mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to love, I'm going to care, I'm going to get to know that person, I'm going to connect with that person. And it's the most natural thing in the world is for me to share things that are important to me and, and to, and for my ears to be open to hear things that are important to them. Yeah. And, you know, we talked on Sunday a little in the message of like the, I, I, I don't have to enter a relationship thinking like I'm trying to sell a used car no. or do something because I honestly believe that 
God wants us to flourish and live life to its fullest and has the best plan for us. And so to share that with a friend is the most loving and authentic thing I could do, not because of me or somebody else or the church, yeah. because I love that person. And I, I honestly think that the, the absolute best thing for each one of us is to be aligned to the plan that God has for us. Right. Yeah. And to be in relationship with Jesus. Yeah. That's so good. And it's such a good, like, oh, for those of us who've been in the church for a while, kind of been walking with Jesus for a while, sometimes we need that reminder that like, oh yeah, this is really good news. It's not old hat. It's not like something I take for granted, yeah. um, which I hope what I do, I hope our Sunday morning experiences that the chances we have to encounter God remind ourselves of this. Yeah. Um, and I hope you're in a community that can remind yourself of this. I hope you're in relationships that can push you towards that. Yeah. Um, that's one of the really cool things about, um, being involved with alpha yeah. from, from my point of view, is, is you, for, if you're tempted to forget just how good the good news is, then talk to somebody who's just discovering it for the first time yeah. and they'll remind you. And they won't have the words to say it in the way the church might say it. Nope. They won't know the whatever, but they'll, they're just excited about this new thing mm. that they've discovered and this life-changing Jesus. And, and uh, that's a great reminder. And the questions they ask remind us of the hope that we have often, right? Like, it's like, oh yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it like that before, but let me, let me see if I can find the words to answer that. That's one of the things I loved. The questions in Alpha I always find so encouraging um, because of what they they call us into. Um, any, anything else, Brad? We've got a couple minutes left here. Uh, any other thoughts you want to give us looking back on this week or looking back on previous weeks um, as we wrestle with our six-word stories, as we think yeah, about all yeah. these things? What? Yeah. Well, I think I'd, I'd say two things. One is, um, yeah, take a crack at your six-word story. Like, you don't have to sit down and type it out and have it all, you know, written properly and just... Just start on the back of a napkin and doodle mm -hmm. it out and expand things um, because I think it's a helpful exercise for us to see how God has been uh, engaged and weaving, uh, woven through our stories. And, yeah. and I think those six words actually become triggers and opportunities. Uh, so I think, I think that's great. And the second thing I'd say is, you know, at the end of my message, I, I talked about this exercise, you know, drawing your, your circles and writing names and stuff. And yeah. I talked about my experience where... Um, my circles tend towards Christian people. Mm -hmm. um, my family is a Christian family. I work in a church. I, um, I could spend an awful lot of my time talking with my Christian people about evangelism, about the good news of Jesus, or, and, and not have anybody who doesn't already subscribe to that in my sphere. Right. And that trend, it happens naturally for me, and I, and I would assume for many uh, yep. who come to faith. Um, and so I'd encourage us, myself included, to be intentional about about trying to continually look and pull back and say, "Hey, am I am I rubbing, rubbing shoulders with people who are different than me?" Mm. Not because I want to see them as projects or whatever, but because there's a it's a it's a healthy building of relationships and network that that maybe then God will use will give me an opportunity to share share my story or share uh, His good news and. So um, I, I, I know this exercise has really convicted me in the past of my need to mm -hmm. to continually try new things that where I'm uncomfortable because yeah. it's going to put me in a place where I meet people who are <clears> different <throat> than me and that's very helpful and positive for me you know just as we saw Jesus examples you know he was he was constantly rubbing shoulders with people who were. <laughs> 
uh, dramatically different than yeah. he was hoping they'd be, and that that the his his rabbi uh, culture told them he should hang out with and stuff. And, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm gonna just just lean in a little farther to what you just said there. Um, it's really easy to listen to these sermons and to be like, oh yeah, these are great things. I should be doing these things, and to never do them. Right to be like, I should. I'll think about my six-word story as I go about my busy life and never get there. So if you haven't yet, set aside some time, block it out in the calendar, talk with your spouse, bring it up at small group. I don't know what it is going to be for you, but make time. Think about your six-word story. Spend at least a couple minutes, kind of sketching that out or starting that, and then think about these circles mm-hmm. and write those things down. Kind of let God meet you in the practice of that, and uh, and see where where He's leading. See what kind of doors he's going to open up and relationships he's going to uh, help to flourish so yeah yeah and i go even further than that dave i'd say okay. I know if 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 you're doing that like i want to hear your six word story yeah. i want to hear what you've learned from your circle exercise uh you know i've learned things when i've done it i'd love to hear what you learned and oh. how it's different or how it's the same or and yeah. and here's a little uh, secret for those longtime podcast listeners who got to the end all of the compass point staff have been working on our six word stories we're not maybe not sharing them publicly you've heard brad's you've heard Paul's, but mm-hmm. find one of the Compass Point staff members and ask them, hey, what's your six-word story? Yeah. But then, in return, tell them your six-word story. <laughs> yeah. oh, to be fair, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Well, Brad, it has been uh, wonderful to have you here, as always. Um, looking forward to more conversations. We've got another week of this series, uh, yeah. and then I'm sure we'll have you back soon. But thank you for uh, being a part of pod- uh, the podcast, Postscript, and thank you for listening along. We'll be back next week with more. All right.